This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. And uh, are you ready to have a uh, discussion on the five stages of psychosexual development, Amy? I'm, I'm so ready. Yeah. I, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, I don't know if we'll have time for that, but we do need to get to the uh, ego and the superego. And I'm going to offer my own psychiatric theory on President Trump. Uh-huh. Uh, but um, we'll see if this uh, is received well by Justin Frank, Dr. Justin Frank, who's a clinical professor of psychiatry at George Washington University medical center he's the best-selling author of bush on the couch obama on the couch and the new book see if you can predict the title trump on the couch you got it a little bit of uh psychoanalysis from a distance of our presidents for more on the current occupant of the white house we're pleased to be joined by dr justin frank dr frank thanks for joining us appreciate it thank you it's good to be here all right so here's my theory see if uh okay i want to hear your all right. I, I think that what makes Trump different is that he has no super ego. There is no ability to internalize cultural norms. And that's uh, that's huh. that's what separates him from uh, mere mortals like you and I. I think that's exactly right. Oh, you all right. Are, thanks for coming on the show. And I, I, I think I got a I, mean, I think I, I got to be in psych at Northwestern, too. So I'm, I'm that's good. <laughs> no, actually, uh, he doesn't have, he has holes in his superego. It's called the Swiss cheese superego. And, uh, but they're pretty big. And uh, so he doesn't have a lot of capacity for concern or anxiety about harming other people, which people with superegos usually have. They feel guilty or they're worried they're going to say something that's harmful. And he is just not. And so his appeal is great to so many people because he unleashes the part in all of us that would like not to have a superego. We would like to be able to tell people where to get off. We would like to be able to tell people uh, what we think of them. And usually we're too inhibited to do that. And also it can cause trouble at home and at work and at school. But with him, he gives permission. So not only does he have no superego, like you said, you're absolutely right. He also, when you're president, you are the person who sets the tone for a lot of people in the rest of the country. So without a superego, he gives permission for other people to be less concerned about what they say and the effect on other people. But sometimes he lets, sorry, sometimes he lets things get under his skin, though. So how would you describe that part and how that fits into a superego? You know, well, when he gets mad, he tweets things because he wants to be loved. Right. No, so the superego is about conscience, guilt. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's many different layers in a personality. There's a whole separate uh, layer of the self, which involves uh, <clears throat> self-love, self-protection, survival issues. And so uh, he's what's called a thin-skinned narcissist, meaning things get under his skin very quickly. And um, there are two kinds of narcissists in my field. I'm, I think I'm more of a thick-skinned one myself. Uh-huh. But, uh, but thin-skinned <laughs> ones, get, they get under your skin very quickly, and he gets really angry at people. And he's also on the, on the 
lookout for being criticized. Uh, and, I, of course, I wrote this book really to help everybody, uh, was, no matter what your political uh, persuasion, understand more about this man and our president. I mean, because it's nice to have tools to be able to think about it, like you just did with the superego, and then you just did, Amy, with the thing about the uh, thin skin. Where, where does where where does think about yeah things. and and so in in terms of influences it's been reported and it seems to seems to be accurate um, that uh, Norman Vincent Peale had a great influence on Trump's sort of attitude about life and and uh, the power of positive thinking sort of has informed how Trump has conducted his life uh, perhaps a bit nihilistic and utilitarian but always positive always forward and that's been uh, how he has found success, and so of course he's going to continue to pursue what has brought him success in his own mind. It's always positive. He really moves forward. One of the things I've admired about him is his. On the one hand, he's thin-skinned, but on the other hand, he seems to be able to pick himself up very quickly if somebody's, you know, hit him or knocked him down. If he feels it, he just moves right forward. He's very positive. Norman Vincent Peale was a huge influence. Uh, he already started doing that for himself when he was younger, <clears throat> because I think that uh, when I was examining his life and his history, he had a very early experience of feeling betrayed uh, by his mother uh, through no fault of her own. It was actually that when he was two, he's the fourth child of five, and when he was two, uh, she had their fifth child, his little brother, but when she went to the hospital, she didn't come back for quite a while. She had a hemorrhage. She had four surgeries. She almost died. Mm. And he was without a mother suddenly. And then when she finally came back, of course, it was with an arrival, his little brother, Robert. So I think that that feeling, and it didn't really get discussed because the father was the kind of guy who, when the mother was hospitalized and dying, it looked like, he told the older children, just go to school and pretend that nothing's going on, and I will tell you if your mother dies. I mean, oh it's that kind of gosh. thing at home. And so I think that's pretty uh, disturbing to me as a father and uh, as a psychoanalyst, too. And so I think that he learned to kind of keep certain feelings uh, aside. And then when he, so he decided to take care of himself if nobody else was going to do it. And so what he did as he got older, he had the positive thinking from Norman Vincent Peale, like you said, but he also became, instead of being betrayed, he became sort of the aggressor, the betrayer. He could get people into deals. He could do things, and he could uh, take advantage of situations uh, rather than being taken advantage of. That's why he writes in his books, you know, when I fight, I hit back twice as hard when I'm in a fight. Wow, and how did his brother's death affect him? I know he doesn't drink and or smoke, never even tried it. Right. His brother, his, first of all, it's a complicated thing because his brother was named for his father. Mm -hmm. So his brother was really named to be the heir of the Trump family fortune and family name. And so he never, no matter what happened, he could never change his name to Fred Jr. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so he was always someone other than the natural heir. Uh, and his brother, however, was uh, very difficult to deal with because he didn't like 
of the way his father, their father, cut corners in the building business. And the father got very angry at Fred Jr. and told him that he uh, was spending too much money when he was in charge of one of the projects. So Donald was always groomed to not, and by himself almost, to not ever be like his brother. He would never fight with his father. He mm -hmm. would ever confront him. He would agree with him. And so that's the main thing that he did. When his brother died, uh, his brother by then died of alcoholism. And when he was a pilot, his brother was a pilot for TWA, hmm. and his father and Donald both said being an airline pilot is like being a bus driver. I mean, they used contempt rather than dealing with uh, other feelings that they might have had. So that's how he dealt with him. He never drank before his brother died, and he certainly never drank afterwards. His brother was the alcoholic. His father also never drank, and his grandfather was an alcoholic. So, uh, And Trump behaves in some ways like a kind of white-knuckled sober person who's never drunk, but he has certain qualities that people who drink do, like feeling belligerent, uh, exaggerating things, uh, feeling stronger than anybody else. And those are things you see when people have had too much to drink. He is Dr. Justin Frank, clinical professor of psychiatry at George Washington University's Medical Center, the best-selling author of Bush on the Couch, Obama on the Couch, putting together psychoanalytical profiles of presidents, and now his new book, Trump on the Couch. And let me suggest for a uh, follow-up book to Trump on the Couch, Ivanka and Jared on the Couch. Okay, I, I want to crawl well. inside their minds. <laughs> oh, God. What yeah. a great idea. In fact, yeah. I'd like you to write the preface. All right, sure. I'm happy to do it. The introduction and... Because what you'll see, as you said already, what happens to children of parents without a superego? Yeah. How do they grow? Because fathers usually, historically at least, uh, lay down the law, and they tell children about right and wrong. The Ten Commandments, uh, thou shalt not kill, honor thy parents, don't steal, all that stuff, those are written for five-year-olds, really. Right. And it's like a set rules about how to live and he didn't have that one of the things that happened yeah one of the things that happens is you could have a daughter that grows up to be a character from westworld uh, yeah. uh dr frank thanks so much for joining us appreciate it good luck with the book thank you very much and he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line if you're talking about it dan and amy are talking about it it's chicago's morning answer on am 560 the answer